I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig with details. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Hey there, friends. I don't know why that came. That was just in my heart. Oh, hey. It's a, you got a song in your heart. You got you to gotta share it. You owe that. That goes for everyone. There's a song in your heart. You owe it to the world to share it. Let us have it. I was laughing at myself because I listened to Zoe Deschanel talking about her character from New Girl. Yeah. And she was like, you know, I'm not the type of person who just sings randomly, but like <laughs> I know people like that. And I was just like, I think she's like that type of person, you know? And I was like... Uh oh, <laughs> that's, that's you. That's me. That's you, and sometimes me. Um, not as uh, sporadically, right? Like I'll sing to the dog, absolutely. You know, or I what, love I'll those sing songs. what I'm doing sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you definitely will just bust out. Just it's great. I love it. It's like having a bird. <laughs> <laughs> just always okay. being serenaded <laughs> by some random shit. Well. <laughs> Any day now, I'll shit on some newspaper and let you clean it up. Oh, God, no. God. <laughs> I hope we don't get to that. That's why I prefer you to a bird. <laughs> among the reasons. Wow, that's the reason? <laughs> I said among. I quickly corrected. Quickly, course correct. 
<laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. Yeah. So happy to have you here. Thank you for being here. I'm Diana. I'm Eli. We're so bad at introducing ourselves. We are ourselves. terrible. Just assume that everybody knows who we are. Come on, Hello. don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> but no, hopefully we got brand new listeners today. Right? Hopefully you're here for the first time tuning in. Welcome to Ridiculous Romance. We're back on Pirates today uh, so after excited. our episode about William Cormick and Mary Brennan. Yes. Who were not pirates, no, but, but tangentially they, related. To they pirates. birthed a pirate, a pirate to be. <laughs> and Bonnie. A pirate sprang from their loins. Yes. I don't know. Would you ever, if you fell in love with me, uh-huh. a broke sailor, right. would you leave your comfortable, wealthy life to come live on the high seas? Oh, with um. Me? Hmm, let's that, see. Do you feel that strongly about me? I've got uh <laughs> I've got a, you know, a kind of a a weird father. Um I'm living in a plantation house in the Caribbean or no, South Carolina. Um and things are pretty sweet and then I decide to fall in love with a broke sailor. Do I go off with you? Um Yeah, what the hell? Sounds boring on the <laughs> on the mainland. So yeah, sure, let's wow. do it. Ooh. And because I love you so much, obviously. You're more devoted than me. I'm not sure I could do it. <laughs> I'm not sure. I've been on a cruise before. Yeah. Much more comfortable in a pirate ship, and I still was pretty ready for it to be over. <laughs> I, I mean, to some degree, a cruise sounds worse than a pirate ship. <laughs> I mean, I don't you know. I agree with that. Plenty of food. <laughs> but look, you got, you, it's a very rigid schedule. You know, it's you don't true. get to plunder anything except no. the buffet. You plunder you plunder the um the tourist traps. Yeah, the gift shops. At the place you stop places you stop. Like we went to, yeah. to Cayman Islands and okay. got shirts. Oh, all right. And all right. you know, little wraps. Like uh like wraps sounds like a sandwich. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> we did not get a sandwich. Like we got a sarong. like a, like yeah, sarongs. Like, okay. like a, a cover ups or whatever. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And hats, you know, and some people would get their hair with beads. Quite the haul. Did oh, you yeah. did you bury it anywhere on a deserted island? But we did island? pay for it. But it felt like plunder because you pay so little. <laughs> yeah, well. And then eventually you bring it home and it becomes trash. So yeah, it's buried somewhere now in a <laughs> landfill. So. <laughs> well, there you have it. Cruise ships. Sort of a very long, drawn-out pirate. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever been on a cruise ship, you basically know what pirate life was like. <laughs> exactly. That's what we're here to let you know. Carnival it's... cruises. Be a pirate today. <laughs> Especially if you were ever on a cruise ship. And got horribly sick <laughs> and yelled at by Extremely someone. True. Yeah. Well, uh, cruise ships aside, we're here with a really exciting story today. Like we said, we're back in pirate land, mm-hmm. back on the high seas of the R R. R. It's a ridiculous romance. R R. <laughs> today, we'll be spinning you a yarn of more swashbuckling scallywags and mast raisin marauders and. Busty buccaneers. Ow! For here be the tale of Captain Calico Jack, Mary Reed, and Anne Bonny, three of the most dangerous, deceptive, and duplicitous picaroons ever to cross the Caribbean. Many sailors thought that having a woman on board the ship was bad luck, but Calico Jack sailed with two, and they proved to be more brave, cunning, and ruthless than any of the men they were on board with. So... Let's hear all about the adventure, the danger, and of course, the romance with these three professional pirates. Anchors away! Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. 
It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance. A production of iHeartRadio. So the golden age of piracy was this period from around the 1650s until sometime in the 1730s where piracy was rampant in the Caribbean islands. This was the time of Black Sam Bellamy, Captain Kidd, Long Ben Every, and of course, as we talked about in the last episode, everybody's new best friends, Edward Blackbeard Teach and Steed Bonnet, the gentleman pirate. Love them still. Love them still, even though Heart's in reality... Full. They were terrible, horrible people. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> but on yeah, the yeah, show, yeah. they're a delight. Okay, now we talked in our previous pirate episode about uh, John Swan and Robert Culliford mm-hmm. about how being a pirate is not all sea shanties and swashbuckling and cool outfits and talking parrots and all that. Of course, a lot of that was invented in uh, the book we cited in the last episode by Captain Johnson. Uh-huh. It was actually pretty grueling to be a pirate. It was often very dull, just long stretches at sea, just waiting for the next thing to happen, and full of painful deaths. I mean, there was people hunting you down. There were abusive captains. There was disease and starvation and dehydration. They did They're that thing where they'd like, tie you to the bottom of the ship oh, and keelhaul you. God, yeah, yeah. Things could go pretty badly. Uh-huh. But... Pirate ships were run pretty democratically. Mm -hmm. Crew members usually voted on where to go next. There was no uniform. And they had a contract when they boarded a ship that predetermined their share of any plunder uh, whenever they did a raid on another ship. Mm -hmm. So it still seemed like a better option for a lot of people than the Navy, which had a lot of the same problems as piracy, but way stricter command. But merchants, the Navy, and pirates alike all shared the very same, very rational idea that there was one big no-no on the high seas. Women could not be on ships. This was thought to be terrible luck and to invite nasty storms that could capsize and sink even the strongest ships. Wow. I mean... Come on, guys. <laughs> Chen Yi Sao's got something to say about that. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Right? They're out here like, oh, there's a woman on ship. Oh, but Poseidon, he's losing his aquatic shit. He can't <laughs> handle it. He's going to send a storm after us. Maybe it's just a big wet t-shirt contest for Poseidon. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, I'm just trying to splash some water on those big billowy shirts. <laughs> And I mean, I guess that's kind of true because the same superstition held that naked women could actually calm the sea. (laughs) What a justification. Right. That's why some ships had a mermaid with her tits out on the bow of the ship. (laughs) Right. That was like the main. They were like shills. Yeah. This this will calm. Give us calm weather. Nips out. Yeah. Sun's out. Fun's out. Boobs out. Boobs out. Show me the bees and you'll have calm seas. That's the old the old pirate saying. Yeah, I love to imagine the pirate. It was like, oh, sorry, ladies. Would love for you to stay, but the seas don't take kindly to ladies on board. Unless... Yeah, right. <laughs> Unless you show me them boobies and of then everything's, everything's actually better. This hurts me as much as it's <laughs> going to hurt you. So look, the... Sea gods demand it. I mean, I don't make the rules. 
But honestly, the origins of this whole superstition are a bit dubious. The Vice Admiral of the Royal Navy, Cuthbert Collingwood, once wrote, quote, I never knew a woman brought to sea in a ship that some mischief did not befall the vessel. And this is often cited as the source for this whole belief. But David Cordingly writes in his book, Women Sailors and Sailors Women, An Untold Maritime History, quote, as with so many sailors' superstitions, it's hard to discover the origins of this one, and even harder to find factual basis for it. He points out that pilgrim ships and many of the ships that followed were loaded with women, and the British Navy even allowed officers' wives often to live on board. And he says, quote, those naval officers who did object to the presence of a woman on their ship seem to have regarded them as a nuisance rather than a source of bad luck. And that's probably where a lot of this history really comes from. It's not so much that women were bad luck, but that captains and officers thought that women on board would be a distraction to their crews. Mm. And there's definitely rampant misogyny in sailing culture. Historian Kyle Dalton writes that Collingwood's quote about women bringing mischief onto ships is more likely about an officer being concerned that his boys were going to act foolish. Mm -hmm. So it's like a elementary school dress code right. or something over here. Just another time in history when men couldn't control themselves and women were blamed for it. Yeah. But still, there were a few women who found their way onto merchant, navy, and pirate ships alike by very cleverly wearing pants. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> My genius disguise. <laughs> and that brings us to today's Heroes and Heroines. In our last episode, we told you the story of Anne Bonny's birth, as it was told in Captain Charles Johnson's book, A General History of the Pirates, etc., etc., etc. And you've got to go back and hear that full story in all of its insanity, but it ends with Anne, at about 18 years old, living with her wealthy merchant father, William Cormick, and she fell in love with a broke sailor named James Bonny. Now, this really pissed off her father, William, because he'd wanted Anne to marry a rich guy. Like you do. Like you do. Anne was a real firecracker. I mean, she had a serious temper, and she was prone to violent reactions. <laughs> but James wooed her with adventurous stories from his life at sea. William got so angry when they got married that he kicked Anne out of his house and cut her off entirely. Now, this really threw a wrench in James Bonney's plans, who was kind of hoping to inherit his father-in-law's big fortune. So he turns to Anne and says, I'll just go be the greatest pirate to sail the seven seas. And it's rumored, but unproven, that in response to her father cutting her off, Anne Bonney burned his plantation to the ground. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that was Anne. So whether or not that's true... The next thing they did was hop a ship and make their way to New Providence and the city of Nassau in the Bahamas. New Providence was poorly defended. It had become a haven for pirates. And by 1713, over a thousand pirates lived in Nassau, way outnumbering the four to 500 English citizens who lived there, too. And Anne was all about that pirate life. Mm -hmm. Salt life, baby. She thought this <laughs> sounded way better than inheriting some smellial fortune anyway. Right, right. And yeah, it's the golden age of piracy, right? This romanticized notion of a pirate's life was already a trending topic, you know. Yeah. So she's definitely fallen for that. Yeah. I'll uh, say like... The, 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 she's fallen for the hype. Right, right. <laughs> I guess. I mean, this is the, you know, 17 teens. Mm -hmm. And um, Captain Johnson's book came out in 1724. Like, this is still 
the era where oh, everybody's yeah, sure. talking about pirates. Like, they were talking about it while it was happening. It mm-hmm. wasn't just history that looked back on it. No, yeah. Pirates were cool. Yeah. So Anne and James show up in Nassau ready to cut throats and swashbuckles and all that <laughs> stuff. And she is, like, ready to rumble. She starts urging James to go into local taverns and find a good captain who needed a crew. She's like, let's get this going. Yeah. Bro, I don't want to hang out in this island forever. Right. Let's get out there. And for whatever reason, James Bonney did not find himself on a pirate crew. We don't know why. I'm thinking, uh, well, speculation port. <laughs> Speculation port. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, maybe he was just like super lazy. Like he shows up like, oh, I should be talking to those people, but I don't want to. You know, or he's like, just maybe he's just like, bad at introducing himself like me. Like shows up to a party and he's like, I don't know anyone here. So I'm just going to sit and wait for someone to come talk to me. You know, or the opposite. He's like super extroverted and he has oh, a great yeah. night. And then he gets home and Anne's like, who'd you meet? And he's like, Oh my God. You know what? I never got their name. That was so stupid. Like, we had a great time. We spent like four hours talking about stuff. Like, oh man, that guy was fun. Mm, Yeah. I remember that guy's name. Boy, they all said they were leaving in the morning, too. Damn it. Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, whatever happened, he would come back night after night and say, ah, no work today, honey, maybe tomorrow. Until later that summer in 1718, Governor Woods Rogers was sent by King George himself with a big old document called the Proclamation for Suppressing of Pirates, also called the Acts of Grace. So Governor Rogers shows up with three warships and he lands in Nassau and he unrolls this scroll and says, Hear ye, hear ye. Listen up, all you stinking, rotten, lousy, cheating pirates. We love you. Why don't you come surrender and agree to work for us? And then you'll get a full pardon for literally anything you've ever done, including actual murder. And plus B, also, if you turn in other pirates who aren't going to surrender, we'll give you cash money. A hundred pounds for a captain, 40 pounds for a lieutenant or a gunner, and 20 pounds for just a nobody crew member. 20 pounds for a nobody? Yeah, right? Well, I know a ton of nobodies. I'm digging up bodies again, Les. (laughs) Well, James Bonney, whose recent get-rich-quick scheme of marry a rich man's daughter didn't exactly work out, decided this is his chance for some nice, safe, easy money, and he starts informing on pirates. Uh Uh-oh. You could probably guess how that narking went over with Anne. She's like, snitches get stitches, James. Haven't you heard? And she got really irritated with him. She starts hanging out at the pubs herself and having a super fun time with all these partying pirates. Mm -hmm. Captain Johnson writes in his book that Anne was, quote, not altogether so reserved in point of chastity. Oh, okay. We can surmise that sometimes a pirate would, Find his hand up her skirt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She didn't, uh, she she had no qualms yeah, about getting she, busy. Yeah, she'd be like, yeah. oh, okay, okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm here to live that pirate life. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. That's Seems right. to be Anne Bonny's whole, whole MO here, yeah. So true. Whereas James Bonny's more like, um, what's the safest version of a pirate life I can live? <laughs> like, I'd like a good time and a long right, time. Right, yeah. Is that a, an offer? <laughs> One colorful fellow in particular started paying Anne extra attention. His name was John Rackham, otherwise known as Calico Jack. And we'll get to know him right after these merchants pitch you their wares. (laughs) 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to the show, me hearties. That's such uh, an easy joke. Sorry, me hearties. But actually, me hearties works for oh, our show. Oh yeah, you're all our hearties. Yeah, <laughs> me's and hers. Me's and hers hearties. Where's that bath towel? <laughs> <laughs> me hearties, her hearties, his hearties, our hearties, his and hers hearties. All right, little is known about John Rackham's early life. He was born sometime in the 1680s. The first recorded fact about him is that he was the quartermaster for a pirate named Charles Vane. Mm. Now, Charles Vane was terrible news. He was known for his cruelty to prisoners and his crew alike, including torture and murder. In 1718, he actually took the king's pardon. He 
he used this act of grace. Yeah, yeah. Only to go back on his word a few months later when he and Calico Jack returned to piracy. Oh, God, that must have been such a problem for the acts of grace, uh, right? Yeah. Like, okay, pirate, let me just trust that when you sign this document, you'll mm-hmm. go with it on I, your word. I, <laughs> right? Pirates are very good at keeping yeah. their word. Yeah. If there's one thing a pirate won't do, it's sign anything to save their own asses. <laughs> Right. And then keep on doing and whatever, then do the whatever they want to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, well, you know, what led me to a life of piracy was surely my honor and my word as a gentleman. Integrity. <laughs> the byword of a pirate. <laughs> well, so, yeah, he they said, forget your act of grace. Bye. And went back to looting and plundering. And they spent a few days partying with Blackbeard off the coast of North Carolina. Probably a good time. Right. I, <laughs> I imagine. imagine. Yeah. And then they went back to plundering ships. So after Captain Vane and Calico Jack and their crew raided a few ships outside New York City in that area, this huge French man of war, this ship at least twice the size of Captain Vane's ship, chased them down. Now Vane ordered a retreat, but Calico Jack said they should fight. He figured they'd not only get like a ton of French riches Mm -hmm. if they won, but they would also get this huge ass ship. Of the 91 crew members, only 15 supported the captain. But he said, you know, my word is final. And they ran, escaping the French warship. But in November of that year, remember, these pirate ships are pretty democratic. Mm -hmm. So for him to go against almost everyone on board is not going to earn him many points. And John Rackham called a vote. And the crew overwhelmingly went in his favor and branded Vane a coward and removed him as captain. Calico Jack was put in his place and he kept their flagship, but he gave Vane a second ship that they had commandeered. And he sent him and the 15 men who supported him off with a healthy supply of rations and ammunitions. I really appreciate that it was so... Like, that was handled better than our most recent election. <laughs> you know, like, Vane was like, I respect the results, uh-huh. and I'll, I'll take right. this stuff and go. Bye. Well, bye. <laughs> so there is some honor among these. Yeah, yeah. Jack himself wore bright, garish colors and patterns. This guy was a stunning sight even for the pirates of the day. And that gave him his nickname, Calico Jack. Oh. But now, finally, he was Captain Calico Jack. And Jack had some ups and downs as a pirate after that. Mm-hmm. So he captured a large ship called the Kingston and made that their flagship. And it was full of treasure and food. Just an awesome haul for a bunch of hungry pirates. But a bunch of merchants saw him capture this ship. And so they hired bounty hunters to get it back. Mm. And when Jack and his crew were on shore near Cuba, the bounty hunters snuck up, boarded his ship, and sailed away with it. Oh, oh man. <laughs> he woke up like, Dude, where's my ship? <laughs> Dude, where's my ship? <laughs> it was right here. <laughs> what a night. Let's retrace our steps. Yeah, then they have like a whole retrace <laughs> of the insane night that oh my they God, had. I just want to remake Dude, where's my car, but it's just a pirate version. I'll go Jack. It's the same, like aliens exactly, show up. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. It's all bonkers. <laughs> Your yes, sister please. will like it. Yeah, my sister will like it. She loves that movie. So he probably felt a little sheepish about all that. Uh-huh. Uh, he and his men are in Cuba. They have just this tiny little boat. They're trying to figure out what in the world they're supposed to do next. And then a Spanish warship arrived with a smaller English sloop that it had captured sailing behind it. And the Spanish saw the pirate's small ship. And they're like, oh, we can take these guys. Let's yeah. capture all these pirates. Mm-hmm. Good for us. Go Spain. But it was low tide. 
So they couldn't attack it yet. They had to wait. Their big ship couldn't get close enough to Mm -hmm. them. So the warship waited until the morning. But that night, Calico Jack and his men took a rowboat out to the English sloop, snuck on board, quietly overpowered the few Spanish guards that were there. And at dawn, the Spanish warship moved towards land and started attacking the pirates' old, empty ship, having no idea that behind them, Calico Jack was sailing away in their English sloop. Ah, yes. Like waving, like Princess Diana. (laughs) I love it. Jolly good try, fellows. (laughs) Such a classic pirate move. Gracias for the ship. Right. <laughs> yes, totally. Gracias. <laughs> um, it, it's, it, it is said that Calico Jack is one of the big inspirations for Captain Jack Sparrow in the sure, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, sure. all his colors and everything like mm-hmm. that. So it, this definitely feels like a beat from one of those movies. Definitely. sneaks in and just takes it while they're not looking. And they're all like... Bloody pirates. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> bloody pirates. <laughs> I hate pirates. So after this, new ship in hand, Calico Jack sailed to Nassau. And the first person he went to find? Governor Woods Rogers. Woodsy old boy. Right? (laughs) And Rogers is like, excuse me, aren't you one of those pirates who signed the Acts of Grace and then went right back to piracy? You know, and Jack is like, oh, yeah. I remember doing that. Oh, yeah, that was me. That was me. That was definitely me. But you know what? It weren't me fault. Captain Vane was a real piece of shite, and he forced us to be pirates, you know? That's all it was. What weren't up to me, I was just a quartermaster, you know? We voted. (laughs) We said no, but he made us do it anyway. Fortunately, Governor Rogers absolutely hated Captain Vane, and he totally bought it. He was like, all right, very well, you can sign it again, but this time, no (laughs) takesy-backsies. So Calico Jack and his crew were allowed to stay in Nassau and received a full pardon as long as they just agreed to, you know, work for King George and not be pirates anymore. Right. And around this time, Jack started hanging around the pubs, getting friendly with the locals, basically doing zero work to actually turn in any pirates. And this (laughs) is when he met Anne Bonny. Oh, what do you think that their meeting was like? (laughs) Hmm. I can't decide if she, like, threw a beer in his face or if someone just laid off shot off a gun and she like laughed and he was like hot yeah right no do you think it was that or do you think it was like more more of a cute she ordered him an ale from across the bar sent it to him yeah like like, this is for that gentleman over there yeah or like she uh she walks over she sees him talking to another you know some 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 wench some pirate wench Some loose in the bar. Woman. And she just like reaches down and like just picks up the stool with the woman on it and just moves it to the side and places her down. It was like, how about you talk to me instead there, big boy? Oh. <laughs> and he's like, he's like will I, do. I will. Yes, please. Thank you. You seem very interesting. <laughs> right? Yeah, they were totally smitten with each other. This is exactly the kind of pirate that Anne had always idolized. Oh, yeah. One who actually does stuff. Right, exactly. She's like, James ain't doing nothing. Uh-huh. He's a washed up pirate who never even went out. Went out to I sea. Told you, how do you wash up without ever going out? <laughs> uh, and she loved his garish clothing. Mm-hmm. She's like, this guy parties. And Jack was amazed by this woman who was as sturdy as a Spanish frigate and packed twice the punch. <laughs> So they would sneak off together, plunder some booty, bury a little treasure, Uh sail the old man award to a Carolinian port. Oh my, how many more pirate sexual (laughs) 
you know what? Do, do you get with. what I'm saying? You, you know? <laughs> yeah. She would hoist his mainsail. Oh, there you go. She does. And, and he would, he would guide him. And he would navigate himself into her. All right. All right. <laughs> That's a little cove. clunky. That's a little clunky. <laughs> It's rough waters on that one. <laughs> he would, That's uh, a pirate's life, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he'd roll out the cannon. He'd Yeah, he'd roll out the cannon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He'd fire a shot across her main bow. Ooh. Oh, my. She's like, hi. <laughs> Give me one of those colorful rags you got there. <laughs> Gross, bro. <laughs> and it wasn't long before word of all these puns and what they meant got back to the Nark of Nassau. James Bonnie himself. Oh, James. James is pretty upset, and understandably so, <laughs> that his wife is sleeping with this gaudy pirate. So, you know, James, like, he's he's going to take care of business himself, right? So what does he do? He goes straight to Governor Rogers and tells on them. Uh-oh. <laughs> he tattles about it. <laughs> he did his, the thing he loves doing the most, mm-hmm. he snitched. <laughs> now, Governor Rogers was furious because James Bonney was his favorite narc. Uh, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, this is my boy. You can't just disrespect How my dare boy. you? So he would not stand for adultery, not on his watch. So mm-hmm. he ordered Anne Bonney to be captured and whipped for infidelity. Jeez. Now, Jack... Is, is a grown-up, so he decides to do the grown-up thing, and he went straight to James Bonney to speak with him directly. He's like, hey, look, I, I know we got off on the wrong peg there, mate, but, uh, mm. but I do love Anne, and I think maybe you kind of don't. <laughs> so uh, what do you say we work this out? And he offered James a big fat stack of money to divorce her. Fat stacks. And maybe for the first time in James Bonney's life, he looked at the cash offer right in front of him and said, no. What? And he threatened to beat up Jack instead. Speculation station Jack stifled a laugh at this point because, <laughs> like, yeah, okay, buddy. So it looked like there was no easy way out of this. And Jack thought about his contract. He thought about working for the English crown. And then he thought about Anne and a life at sea. And he knew what he had to do to protect her. But he knew there would be no more pardons this time. They said no takesy-backsies. No takesy-backsies. But he loved Anne too much to care, so he assembled a small crew, and together with Anne, they stole a ship and escaped Nassau, violating the terms of his pardon, and they were pirates once again. Uh. Governor Rogers almost certainly shook his fist in the air and said, (laughs) Bloody pirates! (laughs) The things we do for love. (laughs) Oh, fun fact, the small ship that they stole in Nassau was captained by none other than John Ham. <laughs> I just love this guy's name was John, <laughs> Captain John Ham. I was like, and John Ham probably would play a great version of him um, in the movie. I'd love know? to see John Ham as the captain of yeah. a pirate ship. A he pirate seems captain. like somebody, he seems more like an admiral to me. I mean, it's that you know? classically handsome yeah. face that he has that Square keeps him jaw. from doing like anything. <laughs> <laughs> Poor John Ham. I know. Hey, we we bumped into John Hamm actually recently when we were in Los Angeles. Well, sort I had, of. So I had to take your word for it. We were walking <laughs> in the park, uh-huh. and I, like I do, was uh, noticing everyone's dog. Yeah, we saw this dog, and we we're like, "Oh, cute baby." Yeah, guy I love that dog. baby. And I turned away once the dog was gone. I was I lost interest, and I never looked at the owner. Just as they passed, I glanced up and was like, "Oh my God, that's John Hamm." <laughs> And we looked up John Ham's dog, and sure enough, was that was Hamm. the dog we saw. And I'm like, ah. 
If only I looked up. <laughs> we could have ruined that man's day by bothering <laughs> him while he's really... trying to walk his dog. <laughs> <laughs> we could have really inconvenienced the shit out of John Ham. <laughs> but anyway, enough about John Ham. Yeah. <laughs> and the other John and Captain John Ham. <laughs> right. Remember, okay, that life on a pirate ship is no place for a woman. Right. All right. And again, you know, whether they thought it was bad luck or just bad form, some pirates were really uncomfortable with Jack bringing Anne in as part of the crew. And so poor little Anne Bonnie, you know, this wee lass surrounded by all these big, strong men. I mean, what's she going to do? One shipmate outright refused to sail with a woman on board. So she handled it. Yeah, this guy's like, oh, it'll be a dead man before I work on a ship that's got some disgusting woman on it. It ain't right. It ain't natural. Very well. I challenge you to a fight to the death. Winner gets to stay on board. Loser gets to be dead. Okay, little lady. I don't want to hurt you too bad, so I'm... Oh, 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 ow. Oof, oh it's so strong. Why is she so strong? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, legend says Anne stabbed this guy through the heart and tossed him overboard. And then she was like, if anyone else has anything to say, now's the fucking time. <laughs> Channeling her Lucy Lou. Yeah, oh yeah. I love it. <laughs> and, you know, no shipmate ever challenged her again. You're damn right. Effective management. That's what Anne's all about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'll make you an example and we won't have this problem again. Exactly. So, with uh, Anne's newfound respect amongst the crew, <laughs> Captain Calico Jack set sail and spent the next two months sailing the Caribbean and capturing other ships. Now, Anne usually lived on the ship as a woman. Generally, the consensus is that she typically dressed as a woman on the ship. All the crew members knew. Mm -hmm. um, but when they would engage with other ships to avoid, I think, too much focus directly at her and like raising her risk of being captured or kidnapped mm -hmm. or whatever, Anne would dress as a man. She'd have a loose tunic on and uh, uh, like a bandana covering her hair. But after a few months at sea, Anne got pregnant. And she continued to wear men's clothes and raid ships with Jack and his crew until at a certain point, it was just too difficult to hide that baby bump. <laughs> You know, she was getting onto ships and trying to stand behind a chair <laughs> yeah. every time. <laughs> she's always carrying a big bag in front of her. <laughs> right? She's like carrying a water bottle. She's just always got a big box. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Like some, she has a barrel. That's what it is. Yeah. She's, she's a just big got barrel a barrel carrying her, just... <laughs> hiding her stomach. <laughs> always in her arms. Well, eventually they sailed to Cuba where Jack took her ashore. He was a very attentive partner and he helped her safely deliver their son. <laughs> Now, unfortunately, nobody really knows what happened to the baby after this. It, it's probably a good thing regardless that they didn't take him with them back to yeah. sea. Hard to have a baby on board. I, I would say that I think it's pretty easy to say that a pirate's life is no place for a baby. Right. You, Although We can argue about women, but babies. <laughs> Although, wouldn't it be great if they hoisted a flag that said baby on board? Baby on board? I would love that and too. They, you know, they were less likely to get attacked. Right. Like the English would be like, well, oh, there's I a don't baby on board. Baby. <laughs> right. I guess we have to go gentle into that no, <laughs> ship. That's a pretty good idea for pirates. I want to go back and give them that idea. Again, Chen Yi Sao would disagree <laughs> as she raised <laughs> That's true. a That's young true. pirate son <laughs> and then married him. <laughs> well, 
They did not bring the baby with them anyway. Uh, unsure exactly what happened. The prevailing theories are that he was either adopted out or maybe even left on a wealthy person's doorstep. Or possibly Jack himself had family in Cuba, some other Rackhams, mm. and he left the baby with them. But whatever happened, Calico Jack and Anne Bonnie returned to sea to continue their pirate life. For a while, they were really successful pirates. Mm -hmm. Governor Rogers published a list of wanted pirates. It was published in the Boston Newsletter, which was the New World's only continuously published newspaper up until 1726 when the Boston Gazette started. In the publication, it listed John Rackham, a.k.a. Calico Jack, as well as Anne Bonny. So their fame was growing. Okay. Do you think that's like street cred? Like, mm. oh, I got my name in the newspaper. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, they want me. Well, whenever there's like an outlaw, they're always oh, yeah. like, yeah, here's my wanted poster. Uh -huh, totally. And then they get mad about how much the ransom is or <laughs> yeah. whatever the, Three shillings. the bounty is. Yeah, they're like, it should be more. <laughs> Don't they know I took John Ham's ship? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> He's an American treasure. He's a madman. <laughs> I wish it was Captain Madman John Ham. Oh, that'd be perfect. <laughs> Speculation station. John Ham's nickname was Madman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. So yeah, at any rate, their fame is really growing. Um, but this caught the attention of the privateer and pirate hunter Jonathan Barnett. And this is a little bit of a side story, but it is just too hot to let it walk on by without at least saying hello. Oh so let's take a quick fling with history. Blow the man down! Jonathan Barnett had been commissioned by the governor of Jamaica, Lord Archibald Hamilton. Very Jamaican name. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yes, this is British Jamaica. Not... He, he brought the jerk to the chicken. Ah, there it is. Anyway, so old Archie had brought him to Jamaica to hunt down pirates and bring back as many alive as possible. And his contract came with the condition that he, quote, not on any pretense commit any acts of hostility on any of his majesty's allies, neutrals, friends, or subjects. Okay, so like stay in your lane. Yeah. Like we're hiring you to hunt pirates. Don't, Don't you go out there one. and like start stealing stuff or beating anybody else up? Because he's a privateer. Like he doesn't really work for anyone. Yeah. Well, Captain Kidd had this problem. Yeah. He was a pirate hunter, but hunting a pirate looks a lot like being, like a, being pirate. a pirate. Yeah. And often your crew is made of pirates. Uh -huh, yeah. So then they democratically decide to become pirates again. <laughs> and then you're fucked. So yeah. it's a very, yeah, they, they're sure they were like, well, at least write it down. Uh -huh. <laughs> so they're gonna, but at least we have some precedents to be uh -huh. had. But in 1715, a really tempting opportunity came up. The 1715 Treasure Fleet was a fleet of 11 Spanish ships that were returning to Spain from the New World loaded with silver, gold, and artifacts. But they sailed straight into a hurricane and all 11 ships were destroyed. Records state that nearly 1,500 sailors died while a handful survived in lifeboats. I'm imagining that the indigenous people that uh -huh. Spain just took all this treasure from, from were pretty excited that a hurricane came they, through. And they they're like, like, yeah, our prayers were answered. Guys, Thank you very much. Prayer works. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like we still lost all our treasure. It'd be mm -hmm. nice if we had that. But at least right. we sunk those ships. Let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> yeah. And the Spanish never bothered the indigenous people again. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Well, 
all this treasure being flattened out in the sea really attracted the attention of, well, basically everybody. Sure. A bunch of pirates and privateers went straight for the wreckage as soon as they got word and started attacking the survivors and snatching up treasure. This, of course, included Jonathan Barnett, who was totally violating the terms of his contract here. Mm -hmm. But Governor Hamilton initially blamed Barnett's raid on another privateer entirely named Henry Jennings. Like maybe he was trying to protect his guy, his asset. Oh, maybe so. um, And blamed it on somebody else. And when the Spanish discovered that it was actually Barnett and they presumed that the Jamaican governor was covering for him, they accused Governor Hamilton of consorting with pirates. And Barnett turned right around and testified to that exactly. He totally threw Hamilton under the bus, basically saying, oh, yes, he totally covered for us pirates. We sure are pirates out here stealing treasure. And he definitely lied to get us out of it. And that but that got him a pardon for turning on him. So Governor Hamilton was sent back to England and replaced by Peter Haywood, who said, quote, Had not commissions been granted which were given out on the pretext of suppressing piracy, these unhappy disorders would not have been committed. So he's he's like, if we hadn't hired, don't don't hire pirates and then expect them not to be pirates. Come on, guys. (laughs) By 1720, Haywood was replaced by a new governor who reinstated Barnett's contract and he was back at sea hunting pirates again. (laughs) I guess they're not very good at background checks at this time. Right, yeah. And he's like, this guy sounds good. His resume is full of experience. Apparently works for this other governor. I'm a governor. This is going to work out great. Just sign right here. (laughs) You seem trustworthy. (laughs) So Barnett was at sea tracking down the notorious Calico Jack and Anne Bonnie. But the two of them were about to make a new friend who would prove to be just as cunning and ruthless as the best of their crew. And we will find out more about that right after this. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. And welcome back to the show, uh, mateys. Mateys. Throw something in there. (laughs) So Calico Jack and Anne Bonnie continued to sail, plunder, and grow their pirate crew. And one night they captured a ship. As was customary in the pirate code of conduct, Calico Jack offered those who survived a position on his ship. Only a couple of the crew spoke English, so Jack kept them. He sent the others on their way after looting their ship, of course. Uh-huh, also uh-huh. part of the pirate code of conduct. Right, right. I will. Calico Jack, very much a guy who is like, I will happily. I'm not going to kill anyone who doesn't put up a fight. If you don't want to join my crew, you do not have to. I will, however, be taking everything you have. Right. Um, I'll leave you a barrel of apples, and you guys can go on your merry way. Good luck. Thanks for everything. One of these new shipmates was a young man named Mark, and he caught Anne's attention. Oh. Despite Jack's devotion to her, you know, Anne's got a history of a bit of a wandering eye. Right. She likes variety uh-huh. in her bedroom. <laughs> and this Mark guy is, like, really giving her vibes. Oh, my. And he's boyish but tough, quiet but a strong sailor. Anne even caught him glancing at her a few times once he integrated into the crew and she revealed herself to be a woman. Oh so she's like, I think Mark is picking up whatever I'm putting down. Uh-huh. So let me go ahead and put some down. <laughs> so Anne found Mark alone one night and started coming on to him. But Mark was resistant. He kept mumbling that Anne and the captain had like a thing going on. Everybody knows it. So he didn't want to get in trouble. Anne's like, don't worry about him. Don't you want me? Yeah, and Mark says like, oh, well, you know, you're you're very pretty, but uh, 
you know, I'm, um, oh, I, you, you know, I'm just, I'm saving myself for someone, you know? They'll never know. We pirates do this kind of thing all the time. It's totally cool. Oh, right, right, Look right. Look at yeah. my boobs. Oh, boy. Oh, boobs. Okay, well, um, <laughs> you know, I, you know what? Actually, I just had sex, so I don't think I can get it up, Aww. actually. So, you know, maybe another time. You let me worry about that. And, and so Anne gets real close to Mark, and she starts putting her hands on him, and Mark gets all anxious, and finally he pushes her away, and he blurts out, no, I'm a lady! <laughs> and she ripped open her loose shirt and revealed two big ol' honkin' boobies. <gasps> Anne couldn't believe that she fell for the very disguise that she herself had been wearing this whole time. You know, a loose shirt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> pants! Right? Foiled again by pants! <laughs> She's like, wow, people really do see what they want to see. <laughs> true, true. Mark's real name was Mary Reed, and she and Anne actually had a lot in common. Mary Reed's mother had married a sailor and gave birth to a son, but her husband, the sailor, vanished at sea shortly after the boy was born. The mother was getting financial support from her late husband's mother to help raise the child, but soon after that, the woman became pregnant again, and her young son died of illness while she was pregnant with her second child. So the woman was now worried that her mother-in-law was going to stop sending her money now that her grandson was dead, mm. right? So the woman kept her second pregnancy a secret. And when she gave birth to her daughter, Mary, she raised her as a boy in boy's clothes. And the mother-in-law totally bought it. She thought that it was the same kid. You're a bit shorter than I remember, right. but oh well. <laughs> so Mary and her mother lived on this inheritance well into Mary's teen years. But, you know, when she had a teenager, it was a little I mean... harder to disguise. The mother-in-law figured it out that this was not her grandson, that her grandson had in fact died many years earlier, and she'd been supporting her unrelated daughter, you know, all these mm -hmm. many years. And so she completely cut them off financially. I'm sure she was so... Pissed. I mean, would you not be humiliated that oh, somebody yeah, yeah, had yeah. perpetuated a, an insane con like that right, over the years? Right. Like, that is a crazy game. Good <laughs> for her, Mary, though. Mary's mom was playing. She kept that story more airtight than William Cormick did. Very true. Right? He was not good at hiding, mm -hmm. you know, the identity. He was very brash about being open about, like, no, this is my maid. And this is our kid. <laughs> That's true. Or he, his dumb story he came up with. It's my relative's son. Yeah, I'm his just wife was him like, for no I, reason. I know your family. I, I'm not. A, come on, man. Give <laughs> so, me a little credit. Mary's mother, a bit more uh, savvy yeah. than William oh, Cormac, yeah. for sure. So their con got busted wide open. You know, they didn't have the mother-in-law's money coming in anymore. Mm -hmm. But Mary and her mother both found life easier if she continued to pretend to be a boy. Mm. Uh, she managed to find work as a footboy, opening carriage doors for rich people. What a job. Man, you know, nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the jobs what's... that have been lost, you know, because we got right. rid of the aristocracy. Right, this is, this is automation. Automation, you know. You know? So it used to be somebody's job to open your door for you. Now there's a handle. Yeah, You can come pull on. yourself. Get out of here. <laughs> Eventually, still disguised, Mary Reed found her way into the British military. She was a strong and capable soldier, and eventually she met and fell in love with a Flemish soldier, revealed to him that she was a woman, and he said, Great, that means we can do it in secret a lot. <laughs> but as Karen Abbott writes in Smithsonian Magazine, quote, Mary replied, with no apparent irony, that she was a reserved and proper lady. Oh, wow. 
Except for the fact that I'm dressing like a man and pretending to be a sailor in the army. I mean, I'm a proper lady. So he agreed to marry her. She quit the army. She revealed her true identity to their regiment, and they were wed. And when their fellow soldiers saw that she'd been a woman this whole time, they... We're so happy for them. Like, amazing. How This is the best story I've ever heard. I always thought you two were perfect for each other. And now that I know you're a woman, it's like even better. It's like, oh, my God. Cool. <laughs> so the gifts come rolling in. Mary and her husband are able to buy a small inn called the Three Horseshoes in the Netherlands. And they did well for themselves. Yeah. Pretty good, Mary. Uh, Sadly, though, her husband passed away shortly after. And Mary decided that she was going to re-enter the military. But the problem was, there was no war going on. So she was kind of bored, and there was no room for advancement. Because, you know, officers weren't getting killed off. Nobody had an opportunity to get themselves promoted. So it's like, you're pretty much stuck where you're at. So she decided to hop a ship for the West Indies to make her life there as a sailor. But it was the golden age of piracy. And it wasn't long before her ship was raided by pirates, boarded, and... Likely, still disguised as a boy, she was probably given the choice to either die or join. They weren't all as friendly as Calico Jack. So she joined the pirate crew, and she sailed with them for a short while before she was raided by none other than Calico Jack and eventually found herself watching Anne Bonnie try to seduce her in the middle of the night. (laughs) And that catches us up to where we were. Abbott suggests that the stress and poor diet Mary endured while working with the army may have interrupted or paused her menstrual cycle, which is very common. Mm -hmm. This is one of the ways women at sea had an easier time hiding their identities. Right. So, of course, it's hard to hide once a month, like, bloody rags. (laughs) Right, right. I guess maybe not on pirate ships. Well, that's true. You hide it, like, in your boobs, Uh and then when you go on a raid, you just, like, throw it. You're like, (laughs) oh, this guy died on top of these rags, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, like most of the men on these ships were actually pretty young. They were like in their teens, early 20s. It wasn't uncommon for them to have no facial hair. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing helped keep the secret. And of course, the loose clothing and baggy pants neutralized everyone's anatomy. So not not hard, I guess. Not not too bad. So Anne and Mary became like best friends immediately. I mean, Uh, obviously they, you know, kindred spirits, kindred spirits, right. But Mary continued to hide her identity as Mark. Then Calico Jack starts seeing Anne hanging around with this Mark guy all the time, and they seem to be getting along real well. Mm -hmm. And he starts to get a little jealous. One day, he busts in on them, and he's like, Listen here, I'm the captain here, so don't you be sleeping with my lover, or I'll rip your guts out, slit your throat, and feed you to the Kraken. And Anne and Mary just, like, stare at him for a second. And then bust out laughing. Mary pops open her shirt again, showed her boobies. And, you know, Jack, I imagine, (laughs) Jack, I imagine has got to be like, okay, how many of my sailors are actually women? (laughs) Everyone line up and take your clothes off now. Yeah, right. I'm looking at everything this time. (laughs) But neutralized is jealousy, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The three of them became besties. And it has been rumored that there was another relationship going on with Anne and Mary, um, that they had, you know, a physical relationship right, with each right. other. But there's zero evidence anywhere to suggest that that is true. Right. In fact, Mary started shacking up with another male pirate on the ship who wasn't nearly as tough as she was. 
how how do they step down, you know, from themselves? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they probably didn't have many options because they were so damn tough. <laughs> Everyone's with like... him or a tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. what? So she's with this dude. And he's a bit weaker than her. One day he's challenged to a duel. But Mary knew her lover would lose. So then she picked a fight with his duelist herself and kicked his ass. (laughs) Don't be. She's like, don't be picking on my boyfriend. (laughs) Beat the shit out of you. I'll kill ya. I mean, that'd be pretty cool for that pirate, too. He's like, don't you take another step near me or I'll tell my girlfriend. (laughs) She'll kick your ass. She's very scary. (laughs) So Mary and Anne were two of the most ruthless pirates on the ship, and Calico Jack and his crew went on a two-month spree. Mm-hmm. They captured a ship in October 1720 called the Revenge and made that their flagship. It's rumored that Calico Jack himself designed the skull and crossbones flag that we know today as the Jolly Roger. That's probably untrue, but it's more fun this way, so yeah. go with me. <laughs> they, say, they say that was probably written by this German poet in like 1959. Oh. Um, and it's just kind of spawned the rumor and now everybody thinks so. And there's a bunch of historians that are like, that's so ridiculous because nothing ever suggested that. And I'm like, shut up. Come on. It's more fun. Yeah. Let's say he invented it. Same with uh, same with Anne and Mary's romance, you know? So true. It's like, yeah, come on. They probably had a little I mean, a speculation little polycule. station. Yes. They had a polycule. Yes. Like at least just one ahead. time. Because we know anything goes at sea right? is the rule yep. from our Culliford and John Swan yes, episode. Yes, the men were often getting their sexual gratification from other men on board. Right, and they did not consider it to be a homosexual thing at right, all. It was right. just like, what's available? Okay, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, um, It was totally cool. So I feel like, I mean, at least, and you get bored, right? Right. You're like chilling. You get drunk. Right. Rum, and you're like, I don't know. Let's try it one time. Right. Let's try it one time. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, speculation Station, they tried it at least one time. <laughs> Let's take it. <laughs> all, all wrapped up in the Jolly Roger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, that's actually my sex flag. <laughs> oh, I wonder if he named the, the flag after Governor Rogers. Oh. He's like, this is your skull, Ooh. asshole. <laughs> he would not like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, they're crushing this pirate game, and soon they captured the ship of Captain Thomas Spenlow and took in one of their best hauls to date. Ton of stuff off that ship, tobacco and food and gold all and all hits. kinds of fun shit. <laughs> and shortly after that, they, I guess, took a step down. They seized a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you got to I mean, the truth of the matter is most of who they were raiding were like small fishing boats, mm-hmm. right? Like they were not always going up against these big, you know, treasure ships. Like right. more often than not, they were just stealing food and supplies mm-hmm. off of fishing boats. And they Enough found this, to last like another day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they found this canoe and captured a woman on board who was named Dorothy Thomas. Now, Anne and Mary were both pretty ruthless about killing hostages. And, you know, Jack, like we said, is more the kind of guy to be like, if you can either join us or get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. And Mary and Anne insisted that the crew kill Dorothy Thomas, but Calico Jack overruled them and let her go. Well, sure enough, a few days later, our old friend, the pirate hunter, Jonathan Barnett, was skulking around Jamaica trying to pick up leads as to where Calico Jack could be. And he bumped into a woman who claimed to have been captured by him. This was Dorothy Thomas. And she gave him a lead and Barnett headed out in pursuit. Jack and his crew 
had gotten kind of cocky with all these recent wins they were having, and they decided that night they were going to hang out in Negril Bay, which is now known as Bloody Bay, and they just partied all night. They had all this wine that they had stolen off a ship recently, and they were just chugging it by the bottle, acting crazy and foolish. It's getting Shooting totally wasted. Guns. Oh, yeah, right? Got to. They right? raised the Jolly Roger to be like, yeah, we're pirates. You know, <laughs> they be on board. Just a bunch of bad decisions. While Anne and Mary saw these pirates acting like drunken idiots, and they decided, you know what, we're going to keep our wits about us. And they handled their liquor, mm-hmm. and they stayed pretty, uh, pretty conscious of what was going on around them. They warned the pirates to stay savvy and keep a lookout, but all the men didn't listen. Late that night, Barnett's ship sailed into the bay, heard the pirates' revelry, and waited until morning. Around 10 a.m., Barnett sailed close to the Revenge and raised a British flag demanding that Jack and his crew surrender. Calico Jack woke up with a miserable hangover. (laughs) His crew starts rising with him, and they're grumbling. They're probably swearing they'll never drink again. (laughs) Right. Oh, never drink again. My kingdom for a raw (laughs) egg or whatever. Right, yeah. I'm going to go to Bloody Mary. (laughs) (laughs) And Mary's like, not yet. A couple days. Oh, no. (laughs) Only a few days. But even with their thick heads, Jack went to the side of the ship and shouted back they would never surrender. So Barnett fired a warning shot across the ship's bow. And Jack said, Okay, I'm too hungover for this. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Everybody down into the hold. We're going to (laughs) hide. Oh. (laughs) That's my big plan. Yeah. (laughs) We'll never surrender. (laughs) Oh, never mind. Oh, you have cannons. Sorry. You know, I'm really not in the mood for this today. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't wake up ready to party. All right. (laughs) Yeah, right. Of course, Anne and Mary are like, fucking hide. This is a ship, man. (laughs) There's a limited number of places for them to search. There's like (laughs) dozens of people here. Yeah. You'd think that. Barnett's going to get over here and be like, oh, don't look under that pile of sails yeah, that's the, moving around. It's mumbling softly, and I think it just vomited underneath. Mm, I see a foot, but probably unrelated. Yeah, like they're just going to get on board and be like, oh, I guess nobody's here. Well, let's leave then. <laughs> that's so weird. Someone would leave this boat here all by itself. <laughs> Must be a ghost ship. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better leave. Don't want to disturb the ghosts after all. Right. But no... Mary and Anne decide they're going to have to defend the ship themselves. Mary allegedly stood over the hold and shouted down, If there's a man among ye, you'll come up and fight like the man ye are to be. When they refused to come up, PBS writes that she shouted, quote, Dogs! If instead of these weaklings, I only had some women with me. Damn. Mm -hmm. And she fired a single shot into the hold, killing one of the crewmen. Damn, she's like better a dead pirate Uh than one who won't fight. You're fucking useless. Bang. Damn. With machetes in one hand and pistols in the other, Mary Reed and Anne Bonney stood their ground and defended the ship as Barnett's men boarded. They fought viciously, but eventually, of course, they were overpowered. Yeah. No one else was fighting with them, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just the two of them. Now, the two women... Calico Jack and all the crew were, you know, uncovered from their hiding spots. <laughs> they opened all the barrels uh-huh. and they were like, come on out. Get right out of here. They were all arrested and sent to trial in Jamaica. 
Now, with plenty of witnesses and having twice violated the acts of grace pardon at this Uh point, Calico Jack's trial was quick and simple. Mm. You know, they were basically like, Calico Jack, guilty, you're done, goodbye. Yeah. He was sentenced to be executed by hanging. And his final request was to see his love, Anne, one more time. Oh. And the judge allowed it. Yeah. I mean, Jack, you know, he he really went out of his way for Anne a lot. Yeah, he loved you know, her a He lot. violated the acts of grace for her. That's right. He took her to Cuba and helped her deliver her baby. Mm-hmm. You know, That's like, true. this guy really looked out for her. Mm-hmm. So he was brought to the cell where she and Mary Reed were being held. He walked up to the bars, tearful but happy to see his love again. She approached her lover and captain, took his hands through the bars, looked him in the eyes, and said, quote, If you had fought like a man, you need not have been hanged like a dog. Damn! Damn, girl! <laughs> Ice cold. Probably then did like a, take him away. <laughs> <laughs> right. Get him out of my sight. Oh, man. Which is a bit of a blow for old Jack. I yeah, feel. but that you know, but heartbreaking. hey, Anne was very clear. That's like, you're either a pirate or you're not. That's right. You know, I wonder if, it, you know, it hurt, but he was secretly like, that's my girl. That's my girl. That's yeah, my girl. <laughs> that's true. You can't you take the girl out of the pirate ship, but can't take the pirate out the girl. Right. So that was their final words to each other. The guards <laughs> hauled him off to be hanged. John Calico Jack Rackham was executed on November 18th, 1720, and his body was hanged on a gibbet near the entrance to Port Royal as a warning to other pirates. Mm. The island is now called Rackham's Key after the dread pirate. Ten days later, Mary and Anne went to trial, and they immediately pled not guilty to all charges. (laughs) I'm I'm thinking they were probably just like, you know, oh we're oh we're just two ladies who got caught up with these pirates, you know? What could we do? We're just feeble women. Like we couldn't handle them. We had to do whatever they said. We were just hanging out trying to bring bad luck, actually. <laughs> right, yeah. That we, then you're welcome. You're welcome. That we were there because we made the water really like upset. <laughs> right. Or whatever. <laughs> so seemed like a reasonable ex- enough excuse to the judge, but then <laughs> The star witness came in, and Mary and Anne were, like, so pissed. They're shaking their heads because they knew this was coming. The star witness was Dorothy Thomas, the woman from the canoe, the one they said they should execute Oh, that's the right. They're like, I knew I should have killed that bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Dorothy Thomas testified that, quote, they each wore men's jackets and long trousers and handkerchiefs tied about their heads. Each of them had a machete and a pistol in their hands, and they cursed and swore at the men to murder me. Ooh. Which they did. Yeah. She also said that she knew that they were two women, quote, from the largeness of their breasts. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. They are pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> But Dorothy's testimony pretty much got Mary and Anne their guilty sentence, and they were sentenced to be hanged. But wait, Anne cried to the judge, I plead the belly, which sounds crazy, but it (laughs) meant that she was pregnant. Right. And Mary stood up too, like, "Uh, oh, me too. I'm almost so pregnant. (laughs) I've got the belly. Right. And it turned out to be true. Both of them actually were pregnant. Wow. Uh, I mean, they were doing everything that you needed to do, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right. So yeah, not true. that surprising. True. So their executions were stayed and they were kept in prison so that they could have, you know, their baby. Uh-huh. 
Tragically, Mary Reed died in April the following year of a terrible fever, possibly related to her pregnancy. And there's no record of whether or not she had given birth before she died or if she died while she was pregnant or Mm. any. We don't really have any information about that. As for Anne, her fate is a mystery to this day. Captain Johnson writes, quote, she was continued in prison and reprieved from time to time. But what has become of her since, we cannot tell. Only this we know, that she was not executed. Some believe that her wealthy father, old William Silverspoons Cormick, <laughs> stepped in and got her released from prison. Oh, okay. Which says to me that maybe she did not burn his plantation to the ground. Maybe not. Or maybe <laughs> but it's... maybe fatherly love. Maybe it's like, like a succession thing. Like, oh, I'll save you from this and now I own you forever. Very true. You know? Now that's that that's a controlling thing yeah. too. You're right. Yeah. Or he was just like, "You're my daughter. I still uh, yeah. love you." Either way. Yeah. <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica says that she returned to the Carolinas, married, had children, and lived to the ripe old age of 82. Wow. Probably wanted to tell James Bonney, "See, I got a good time and a long oh, time." Oh shit. <laughs> you gotta do it Anne's way. Anne's way. <laughs> that was that was her theme song. She always sang that after they raided a ship. <laughs> You gotta do it Anne's way, Anne's way. If we killed the canoe lady, I'd be okay. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Oh, Dorothy Thomas. Damn. A real Karen. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm sure it was really scary to be raided in a canoe. Like, you're like, you can't even get on this ship without capsizing me. Yeah, she just gets almost executed, like threatened with a knife to her throat, probably, and then goes and tells on them for it. Like, come on. Boy, this story's full of tattletales. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) there was a lot of money in it at the time. True, true. Oh, man. Wow, what an adventure. I love it. I love this story. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like drama on the high seas. Seriously. And, you know, we, we you cut out the months, well, weeks in between where there's just nothing going on. Right. You know, they always talk about like, uh, and then the next over the next two months, they raided a ton of ships. They're really successful pirates. And I'm like, so there were probably like in a two month span, like four raids. Right. 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 Like with each with like two weeks of quiet sailing mm-hmm. where they're just having orgies. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. That's when they try the polycule out. Smelly, stinky Disgusting. orgies. Oh, <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Hard pass. But I have been really wanting to get into uh, reading about Blackbeard because yeah. he's such a renowned pirate. But right. apparently he was only a pirate for like two years they or something. Did, it's none like, of them like, last very long. Yeah, you don't have a very yeah. long career. Yeah. Um, so you must have done a lot to get so infamous in such yeah. a short period of time, especially when your life consists of a lot of inactivity. Right. Um, so the the activity must be real insane. Yeah, it's very just like, it's like, uh, oh, weird, I'm going to make a sports metaphor. It's like football, where it's just like really high intensity and then stop and we're quiet for a while. Mm-hmm. And then really high intensity and then yeah. we stop and we're quiet for a while. But that's probably why, you know, Blackbeard met up with Calico Jack and Vane and they just like partied for a few nights. Sure. Um, They're like, I'm not doing anything. What yeah. you doing? Nothing? Great. Yeah, and also Blackbeard. I don't. I don't think we'll end up with a story of his on this show. But I did read under this that, you know, look, we love Blackbeard on Our Flag Means Death. But mm-hmm. Blackbeard was actually one of the people allegedly who was notorious for if there was a woman on his ship, he would strangle her and throw her overboard. 
Damn. Yeah, so uh, not not a fun guy, that no. Blackbeard, overall. The, the, that version is much more fun yes. than the real-life version. Yeah. Taika Waititi is great at playing the worst people in the most lovable way. I know, Because right? he was Hitler and Jojo <laughs> Rabbit, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, at least he was like an imaginary version yes, of Hitler. Yes, not like... That not helped like, a lot. Yes, I think definitely. it was like an actual Hitler would have been way less charming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that movie's so good, though. It anyway, very good. we're here for pirates. Um... Super fun story. Love uh, it. Just, I love this. these kind of adventures. These guys lived, again, we cannot totally claim this story as total nonfiction because it's definitely been embellished. There's a lot of conflicting accounts about how this went down. These people all definitely existed. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these adventures probably really happened in terms of the ships they raided, the success that they had, and, uh, and their romance. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously... It colored up a bit by yeah. Captain Johnson and many other authors through history. But the legal records records do exist. There's a whole published book called The Trial of John Rackham mm-hmm. um, that is the notes from the trial. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was the 1700s. Not like they weren't writing stuff down at this time. So, no, definitely not. So but, as you know. embellished as it is, this is still, we would say, a true story. Yeah, when you're such a colorful characters, like... Oh, pirates, yeah. yeah. Your stories are going to get embellished, right? Right. But I mean, but they, I, they don't need that much embellishing either because you just are doing crazy stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so it's like, well, I threw in an extra murder or two, uh-huh. but most of it <laughs> is true. You know. <laughs> I was going to say it's like, um, in terms of pirate stories, this one feels like probably had the most of the actual romanticized pirate stuff we think of today in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the colorful characters, the, mm-hmm. the all the fun partying, yeah. you know, the successful raids, you know, not too many people murdered. Disguised ladies. Yeah. yeah not yeah. too many people murdered. <laughs> right. Just, well, a, just enough. Yeah. And a bunch, of, a bunch of angry British governors mm-hmm. uh, shaking their fists at pirates for like just giving them the old slip. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I hope you loved it, too. Yeah, it's really too bad that we couldn't come to you with a story about the lesbian pirates, Mary Reed and Anne Bonny. <laughs> I was really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, but there's just not enough evidence to support it. Not no. that they were writing down, like, last night, you know, <laughs> I know <laughs> what right. I did with Mary. <laughs> but as I say, I think it's pretty safe to assume yeah. that at least one time they were a little curious <laughs> and they were like, let's give it a whirl. Right? And if they liked it at all, then they, they at least had some threesomes, foursomes. Kept going, yeah. Threw in another pirate here and there just for yeah, fun. Right. I could see it. Right. I would see it. <laughs> what I'm saying yeah. is I would watch that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they would call in other pirates sometimes. You know, it'd yeah, be like uh-huh. Mary, Anne, Mary's boyfriend, and Calico Jack, yeah. and they're having a good time. And Anne looks up and she's like, get, uh, get, get old Longbones Johnson. Get old Long Johnson Johnson in here <laughs> for some fun. Long Johnson Johnson. That's his pirate name. Mary, I'm going to lay on top of you. Let's see if he can do us both at the same time. <laughs> no, for that one, we need old Peter Two Johnsons we Johnson. Need... <laughs> <laughs> Called the wrong Johnson. Oh, well, I guess you can both come. <laughs> if I'm doing my job right, you can. <laughs> Ew. Oh, boy, we get it. better get out of here before it gets too hot <laughs> aboard this vessel. Oh, man. Well. Thank you so much for tuning in, yeah. everybody. If you like this show, please say ahoy. 
Yeah. We have many ways for you to get in touch with us. Yeah. Including our email, which is ridicromance at gmail.com. That's right. You can stand on the bow of the ship and wave some semaphore flags or flash <laughs> one of those lanterns and we will respond in kind. Mm-hmm. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm at Oh Great It's Eli. I'm at Dynamite Boom. And of course, the show is at Ridic Romance. And don't forget to leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That's right. It helps people find the show or at least decide to listen to it. So please let them know what you think. Absolutely. Tell them the unvarnished truth. As long (laughs) as it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for tuning in, y'all, and we will catch you later this week. Love you. Bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.